Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Let's glow. I got a new sponsor. It is Lomalik Anti-Aging Facial Oil by Gwen Osborne. It is a high-performance luxury face oil. Lomalik is the first-ever facial oil with Renovage, the most exciting anti-aging ingredient on the market today. This oil delivers a new level of cellular healing and deep repair by speeding up the skin's own healing process. I love this facial oil, you guys. Not only does it smell amazing, it works. It helps smooth like the fine lines and the wrinkles. It reduces dark spots. It evens out skin tone. I love it. Get your Lomalik anti-aging facial oil at lomalikskin.com. That's L-O-M-O-L-I-Q-E skin.com. Okay, Warrior Women, today on the show, one of my favorite guests. She literally blew my mind during our podcast. In sinking deeper into the word vitality, Tracy Litt, mindset teacher and spiritual advisor, tells us that our thoughts are options, not facts. Boom. I mean, come on. The bad news is we're the problem. The good news is we're also the solution. I am so excited to share this episode with you. This will really shift your mindset, something we all need. I know I need it. I want to give a shout out to our fan of the week, Noelle257. She writes, Liz is super fun, engaging, sharp as a tack, and hilarious. Not only do I get a good laugh, but I leave inspired, empowered, and smarter because I've learned something new. Thank you, Noelle, for those kind words. I'm so happy that you're a part of our community. I hope to meet you in person one day at one of our events. If you want to get a shout out as fan of the week, leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It just takes a second and it moves the show up in the rankings. Thank you in advance. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any episodes. We get busy and that's just an easy way to keep in touch, to keep laughing and learning with me. Want to know how I found the house of my dreams? My real estate agent, Angelo Fierro. Angelo, is this really the time we should be buying or selling a house? It's the best time. It's a record year. Sellers are seeing the highest prices ever in the history of LA. And for buyers, interest rates have never been this low, 2.7% for a 30-year fix. It's the best time to buy. Oh my God. Well, what about COVID though, Angelo? Like, this is kind of a freaky mm. time. Like, how do you handle yep. that? We take care of everything. We steam clean the house before showings and staging. We clean during, and we adhere to wearing masks, gloves, and booties. Okay, but what if I'm a tired mother? You know, this is a The Warrior Woman podcast. We're tired, Angelo. How are you going to, can you handle some of this for us? Like, how do we do this? We do it. We do it. Our team does it and Compass does it. Compass Concierge fronts the money to prep and stage your home so you don't have to. And then... We get you a nice massage after the close. Ooh, a massage. I'm going to hold you to that one. All right, everybody. This is Angelo Fierro, my favorite agent at Compass Concierge. You can get in touch with them at asklosangelo at Gmail. That's asklosangelo at Gmail. Or call them, 323-821-5353. Thanks, Angelo. Thank you, Liz. On the show today is leadership expert, mindset coach, and spiritual advisor, Tracy Litt. 
Tracy helps people break the patterns that bind them so they can become the highest versions of themselves to create the businesses, relationships, and lives of their dreams. She does this through her powerful practical process, the choice method, which elevates prosperity, fulfillment, and true happiness. Tracy is also the author of Worthy Human, a book featured on Amazon as a bestseller and a major media outlet such as Thrive Global, hello, Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, etc. And her TEDx talk, which is so good, you guys, you got to make sure you look at Tracy Litt's TED talk. Her TEDx talk was recently awarded the Social Good Entrepreneur Woman in Business Award in 2020. Tracy is leading a major movement in self-worth, empowerment, and wild success for visionary leaders. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Hi, thanks for having me. I mean, that's a lot. You do a lot of stuff, Tracy. <laughs> I do, I do. And it's so interesting. Every time I listen to myself get announced, whether it's in a beautiful podcast conversation or on a stage, I just sit and close my eyes and I'm like, oh, that's me. Because that wasn't me like four years ago. We're going to really get, we are going <laughs> to drill down in there. Don't you try to jump ahead. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go deep with you, Tracy Lett. I love the idea of wild success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Love it. Okay. Yeah, Tracy, I like yeah, to start really, at the beginning. You know how okay. I do. I do. Because actually, and the re- there's a reason for that, right? Like what I feel like when we're little girls, sometimes we get these little clues of something we may do later or something we're like drawn to. So what did you think you would grow up to be when you were a little girl? A teacher slash rock star. I mean, that's Which kind of what you are. Kind of Wait a minute. Exactly that is what, what I do. Are. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was little, I loved playing teacher and my parents uh, were phenomenal parents and they cultivated that in me. So, and actually my dad was a Dean and a PE teacher. My mother was a speech pathologist. So they had all of the teacher accoutrements. So they would bring it all home from school. And then my mom, when they redid the basement, set up like a small teacher room. I had a blackboard. Do you remember chalk? Do you you remember chalk? Right. Yeah, guys. Chalk was a thing. Um, I had a blackboard and I had a desk and I had a teacher grade book. Remember that? Those also don't exist now. And I would write in all the names of the kids in my real class and the kids that I didn't like in real life, I would fail them class to be like, Oh, Johnny, you got an F you were, you were misbehaving. And I just full on like had all my like stuffed animals set up. And I just like played teacher for hours on end. And then I would break from teacher and go over my karaoke machine and sing at the top of my lungs. I mean, this is an ideal life. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me here, but I I, I really can't (laughs) think of anything I would like more than doing all the things that you just said. Yeah. It's so fun. And you know, when I'm teaching or at one of my live events, I will make a comment about that because I, you know, I like have my big post-it notes, big, huge ones in my oh, I easel. love those. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's so fun. If you, you guys, if you don't own large post-it notes, please yes. buy yourself some. They're I'm just amazing. I'm going to put this in the show notes because the first, my <laughs> yes. friend, Patty, Patty Ivins, who guests on the podcast, Patty Ivins showed me that on a Zoom one time. And I was like, I felt like I was Pee Wee Herman's clubhouse, like playmate. I was like, what? <laughs> is this Pee Wee Herman post-it you have on your wall? I can't take it. So I'll put it large post-it. I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the show notes if you want your own large, large post-its. Okay. Yeah. They're really amazing. They're especially amazing for brain dumps. We could talk about that if you want. When I'm on stage, I will often say like, you guys, you're hanging out with eight-year-old me right now. Like there, I am no different. I am not a lick different than I was at eight years old, right in this moment, as I write on this board and tell you things. 
you know, it's so fun. <laughs> I love that. Hopefully you don't fail them. But other than that, yes. So you kind of alluded to this and, and you know what, this is the fascinating thing also be becoming these people who we are meant to be, right? Like there's usually, sometimes it's because we were living the opposite. And so we're like, I don't want to live like that anymore. Then we, we change our lives. And then we say, oh my gosh, look what I discovered. I have to help other people. Right? So what made you choose this career path? What was going on? Like you said, four years ago, what was, what, what was happening for you? I was quote fine in a corporate job that was sucking my soul. I was a VP of HR for a huge healthcare firm and I was doing great. They liked me. I liked them. I was making high six figure dollars. Everyone in my life thought I was crazy because from the outside, there's no reason in the world where I would jump ship like that to go back to school as an adult. Mind you, I dropped out of college as a kid. So school has never been my jam. And I went, no, like I'm meant to do something bigger. You know, in HR, I was doing a lot of retention, acquisition, trainings, things like that. And I just started recognizing that I do possess something. I have a uniqueness and I, I'm, I'm a great leader and I want to help people, but on a deeper, more transformational level than what my corporate job had space for. So I started researching as soon as I got the bug, like, all right, Trace, you don't want to die like this. Like this is, you're not going to stay here doing this. I started researching and I researched every caregiving, um, you know, profession from psychotherapy to hypnotherapy. And then here comes coaching. So this was more like six years ago, because I went back to school and I did this whole long process and I found coaching. And all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing what you, you don't know what you know until you know it. And all of a sudden I went into the wormhole of what personal growth was and what coaching was. And I was like, where am I? This is amazing. And I can help people up-level themselves for a living. Then I jumped ship after two years of being paralyzed by fear, which is why I'm now a fear expert and why my TEDx is on fear uh, and became a coach and never looked back. I love it. And do you feel like you were, because you are a fear expert and we're going to get into like our thoughts and all that stuff, because I love all the stuff you say about that. But do you feel like fear was particularly a problem for you? Is that what made you kind of become interested in it? Or is it something that you were kind of finding with your clients? Like, oh my gosh, everybody's like, that's like the through line. Everybody's like a freak and freaked out and scared of everything. It was my experience of reflecting on why I hedged for two years. Mm. So I had found the school, talked to the admissions director, like I was ready to rock and I did nothing and I kept hedging. Should I do it? I don't know if I should do it. Fear thoughts like, what if I suck? What if it's too much of a risk? What if it's too much of an investment? What if I leave my job and I made the wrong choice? What if people don't like me? What if I'm not as good as it as I think I'm going to be? Which is really just, we each have a fear talk track any given time. So after I was able to make the move in spite of all of that, then when I was on the other side in coaching school and as disinterested as I was in school as a child and teenager is as obsessively opposite as I am as a like, lover of human potential. I cannot stop learning, reading, ingesting, taking courses. Like I, I, I want to learn, 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 which also just goes to tell you when you're interested in something, you'll show up for it. When you want to do something, you'll actually do it because you care. 
you know? So in that position, I kind of look back and I was like, what was really going on with me? Two years to hedge and like be in paralysis by analysis is a long time. So I started, that's when I fell in love with the mind and the neuroscientific path of coaching. Um, And then I started to learn and I understood it and I went, oh my God, that was just fear the whole time. Whoa. And then it just exploded my passion to teach it. And ultimately there is no gray. The underpinning of every block every human has everywhere is fear. If you ask enough questions, you you'll get there. Drill. That's really the basis of Always. it. Always. Isn't that yeah. funny? Like that is yeah. what it, I guess what it all boils down to. I mean, they always say it's either love or fear, right? Like it's, you're only mm-hmm. choosing two things, but it's hard to believe mm-hmm. that it all boils down there, but it's true. If you just keep following your thoughts all the way down and you, but why, why do you feel that way? Well, why, 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 why? It always does, right? End up yeah. out of fear. Yeah. You are also like a spiritual coach. Would you say you're a spiritual coach too, or are you a spiritual mentor? Yeah. So, so I'm how- a mindset teacher and a spiritual advisor. So what that means is my work Yeah, my work lives in the crossroads of metacognition and spirituality, which is the same thing as saying the crossroads of neuroscience and universal law, because really what they are is they are two sides of the same exact coin, because at the core, the truth is that we are spiritual, energetic beings having human experiences. And I want to just sit there for a second because this is not like Tracy's idea on life. And this is not some woo woo concept. If you want to be skeptical or deny the fact that that's the scientific truth, we are spiritual, energetic beings having a human experience. The, the, the sooner you go, okay, I'll, I'll jump on that train. The faster everything changes for you. Because that's the truth of who you are. But we end up operating way too much in our humanness, which is where our fear lives and our lack and our scarcity and our show me, show me before I can believe it, show me, which is such an outdated, antiquated way to be. And then conversely, if you live too much in your spirituality, then you're just going to like make a vision board and wait for what you want to knock on your front door. And that doesn't work either because you're not doing the do, the action orientation of being human. So the magic lies in the cross-section. Wowza. I mean, I'm going to have to think on that yeah. for like a long while. <laughs> I right? like that idea though, because it makes the humanness not seem so bad, I guess. <laughs> you know, when you're having the human it, no, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I was doing a Wednesday Wisdom live stream this morning on indecision right? And, and how it's really like steals your energy. And what I was explaining was when you're paralyzed, when you are not able to decide, you are too much in your humanness. I was too much in my humanness when I got paralyzed for two years, because mm. all I was seeing was lack and loss and scarcity and fear. Whereas as soon as you go, hold on a second, like I'm a spiritual being, which means I'm connected to things and I'm part of something greater and the universe is conspiring in my favor and everything happens for my highest good. So I can relax. Well, and you could also maybe trust, why would I be so interested in this? I think that's what we sort of miss sometimes. Like, just like you said, you didn't like school. You weren't like really wild about it unless you were doing your grade book at home and giving people some abs and A's. But if you, if you think about that, it's true. When I, when someone tries to get me to do something, it's very hard for them to get me to do anything unless it's something I really am interested in. 
And when you're interested mm-hmm. in something like that, you're interested in such a crazy way. You're right. You could do it forever. Keep going for hours. Even like, even this podcasting, like I love it so much, but I'm also like really drawn to documentaries. Well, what are documentaries? They're real stories about real people right. doing real things. What do I like about podcasting? They're real stories about real people doing real things. So it, it's funny. Like everything I look at now, what do I like? Self-help books. Why? Because they help people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I care about women, you know? So yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes you have to just trust that that thing that you can't stop thinking about rather than telling yourself, well, that's, I don't know if that could work. I mean, there's gotta be a reason why you are obsessed with this thing that you can't stop thinking about. Maybe that is the universe saying, hello, you are yeah. now well, in HR. Love you so much, Tracy. No, no. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's exactly what it is because you can't desire it if it's not already yours. The wantingness of it tells you that it already is available to you. You just need to get into alignment so that it can show up and you can produce it. That is so yummy. I love it so yeah. much. I've never put, wanted to pause more on it. I'm a talker. I've never wanted to pause more on a podcast than with you, Tracy. I literally, Thank everything so I'm much. like, I just got to gotta take that in for a minute. <laughs> I love it. We're just going to let that land. Just let, let it sink land. in. <laughs> Delicious. Tell me, I also, I often think powerhouses like you, you're, you're like a true powerhouse. I mean, I've, I've been, I told you, I was joking with you. I've been going like deep on your whole situation. I'm on, I'm on your website. I'm signing up for things. I'm, I'm looking, I'm listening to the Ted talk. I watched it a couple of times. I noticed you were barefoot. I want to ask you about that. And I, I really was like, you know, this, this lady is a powerhouse. You're a lightning bolt, but I also know people with lightning bolts, you know, often have had a really like hard things in life to overcome. So have there been things like in your resilient journey and in your getting to this yummy place, this lightning bolt place, what have been kind of some lessons you've had to learn and some hard times along the way? Truly so many, but I'll highlight the top two. The first one being, and still brings me there every time. The first one being losing my mother when I was 24. Mm. My younger sister was 15. My older sister was 26. And she was 51 and uh, young and amazing. She died of colon turned liver cancer, was the healthiest person and ultimately recognized that it was a lot of dis-ease that was created emotionally throughout her life that manifested in the disease itself. You know, losing her was, it's something that I would trade anything to take back (laughs) Because she was my best friend and she was, oh my God, talk about a magnetic human being. In the last five years of her life, she was a spiritual leader. She ran women's groups. I mean, she was just like, I, so much of my work picks up where she left off. Um, and in the same breath, I operate as who I am because she's, because of the loss, because it's all relative, because I know none of us are getting out alive. So I'm going to go as big and bold and scary and badass as I possibly can, because I will have nothing but satiation when I take my last breath. So it's an interesting gift that it gave me. Yeah. And the second uh, big thing, which equal, equal, but different. um, I thought I had, you know, followed all the rules. Like you guys, you know, the rules, like, you know, go to school and then do this and then do this and then do this and then do this. And then you're supposed to like be happy. Cause that's what society tells us lies. They're all lies. Liars. Um, I thought I found the love of my life. I was pregnant with my baby. We were building the dream home. It was literally like, is the house going to be ready? Or is the baby going to come out? Which one literally a week apart is when 
that actually, that's how close it was. And then eight months in, I found myself single with my eight month old and unemployed because I had stopped working when I was pregnant, thinking that I had this little big grand plan and found myself crying my eyes out of my garage floor going like, whose life is this? Where am I? What happened? And that was the first moment that I recognized I would have been a victim. I had abdicated my power and it was time to choose warrior to be, to use a a word that you are very familiar with. Choose warrior. Um, Choose warrior and let the woman I'm becoming start to make my choices and help me get to where I want to go. Wow. Well, first of all, everybody, I feel like a lot of women on this podcast were like, I was going along and everything was fine. And then this all happened to me. And some of it is like, like you're saying, like, oh, the plan got totally, like my knees got knocked out. And some of it is just like an internal thing where they're like, oh no, I don't like this. (laughs) Like I thought this is what I wanted and I don't want it. And it's so, it's so hard, but it is true. It's when you that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to make the choice? Yeah. And it's almost like your physical body will betray you, right? Like you start getting sick. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, or, or you're just, you know, you, you just can't, you, you hit a wall. You just can't, you know, go any further. I was thinking when you said about your awesome mother, which I wish I could have met her. She sounds like amazing, but it is really a lot of what you're doing now. So that's truly insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking when my grandmother's funeral, I remember my father's like, well, it didn't work out like she wanted. And I was like, what did you just say? Like, to me, she was like doing everything right. She was super involved in her church. She was like a super Republican. She was like all into like Ronald Reagan and Nancy. <laughs> yeah, she was, I think like literally they wrote her personal letters. Like you are the person who's on the street for us the most, Jennifer. Like, wow. I mean, she was like, whatever she did, she did it big. You know, she was like involved. And so I thought she was like living life right, frankly. And when my dad was like, well, it didn't work. And he told me like a couple of things that just like did not work out that she really wanted that she never got. And that was the moment I started the warrior moms community. I started yes. thinking, oh girl, you got to put your, like, what do you want to do? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, no one's going to invite you to this party. Just like take your invitation and walk in the door. Like who cares? You know? So it is interesting. Like those, those moments really where we see other people either, you know, cut their lives cut short or they didn't get to accomplish what they wanted and now they're gone. So now mm-hmm. you say, oh my God, I have to do this. I just have to, you know? So it, yeah. that's an incredible gift that she gave it, you. And also all that spiritual leading, yeah. leading into what you're doing, which I yeah. love so much. Um, I, okay. So I mentioned your Ted talk. Yeah. I, I like we're pausing every five seconds, every brilliant thing you say, <laughs> I had to pause it because not only did you say that worrying could be an addiction, which I was like, that's the truth in the world. Because my friends who are super worriers, and by the way, I used to be when I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. Good job. My super worrying friends, I'm like, oh shit, you just keep looking for the next worry. It's not about what you're worried about. You're just, you're in your groove of your record and you just keep looking for the next thing to be freaking out about. Um, which is perfect because COVID and the pandemic are here. So they found something. Um, (laughs) But you made a brilliant point that thoughts are options, not facts. I'm going to say that again. Tracy said that thoughts are options. They're not facts. And I was like, I'm going to just sit back and freaking pause on that and take that in because 
I think when we think a thought, we think it's true. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So explain like explain that 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 amazing statement, but also how do we master our thoughts so we don't into this crazy worrying addiction? So up until about 45 years ago, we didn't have all the research and neuroscientific data that we do now, right? So the reason I say that is because the fact that you didn't know this is not your fault. Don't get all like beating yourself up and I can't believe it. Oh my God, like our great grandparents and our great grandparents and our parents just didn't know what we now get to be a part of, which is really a consciousness revolution and a next level of awareness. Um, Our thoughts, our brains are not fixed the way that we once thought that they were. They are completely malleable, which means you can stop thinking certain ways and you can change your thought patterns. You can shift the quality of your thinking. And the biggest part of it is you are not your thoughts. You are not your mind. You've been letting it lead and just believing every thought that comes into your awareness. And all that does is keep you living in the same emotions, living in the same behaviors like worry. And the most interesting thing about it is the thoughts that your mind offers you comes from one of three places, which is fear, ego, or past experience. All of those areas are not going to help you create a new future. It's not going to help you shift into a higher level quality of thinking or think like the woman in the vision instead of thinking like the version of yourself you are listening to us right now. So don't believe everything you think is a huge component inside of my work. And it really has morphed into don't believe anything you think um, because the thoughts that are being fed to you when you are not choosing them are your mind's attempt to keep you the same. So that's like, I mean, I can take us down many, many mindset neuroscientific directions, but at the core, it's just like, hold on a second. When you're thinking a thought, you recognize how, how recognize how the thought makes you feel, right? So you can't see your thoughts, but you can feel your feelings. And when you're in a certain emotion, just pause and go up into your mind and ask yourself, well, what was I just focusing on? What was the narrative I was just spinning out in, in my head? Then get a piece of paper and write it down. Because I will tell you this, if you're not writing, you're not doing mindset work. And affirmations is not mindset work. Affirmations feel lovely. And I think anything to help yourself get feel better is amazing. Yes. But real mindset work is about changing the quality of your thinking, about starting to direct your mind. Um, I teach thinking on purpose, where you are actually choosing the thoughts you want to think so you can feel how you want to feel and you can do the thing you want to do. And that's how you change. That's how you grow. Yeah. I mean, I even think during this election cycle and all the craziness that's, you know, been going on, I I remember thinking, what if I don't think about this today? (laughs) Because in some weird way, I think our our egos say, well, I have to look at the news and I have to know what's going on and I have to think about this because I am in control of the entire universe. And if I don't think about it, the whole world's going to fall apart. But I really like, a couple of days I said, 
what if I'm, what if I'm not going to even look at the news? I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to, cause it just became like this all encompassing, you know, it was just everywhere on everyone's minds, everything. And I thought, no, I can just, I'm not, I'm not going to think about this today. I'm just going to think about other things that I want to think about today. And it Mm -hmm. was really like a nice vacation (laughs) from the stress of it all, you know, but I like that idea of that you are really in control of your thoughts. You know, I think it's hard. Like if someone's having obviously an obvious like anxiety attack and you really start going there, it is much harder to pull yourself back. So to me, I, I think that you would probably also give people, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get in that state. So you almost have to do the work beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. Like of getting yourself to a place where you're not going to do things like that because you've already mm-hmm. done the work, done the homework. Yeah. 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 So the, yeah. So the first thing to what I want to mention about the news and things like that, what you, what you're doing before you realize you're doing it. And what I'm about to say will help you start to realize you're doing it. You live in emotional addictions that you don't even recognize you're addicted to. And then you perpetuate behaviors that affirm those addictions. Because Mm. your system, like if you're a worrier, you have anxiety, you're pressurized, you're overwhelmed, which are a lot of the women that I I work with because we're leaders, we're entrepreneurs, right? Then you're going to watch the news to affirm your addiction to worry, to make sure you just feel overwhelmed enough. So you can turn to the people you commiserate with. Oh my God, I can't believe this. It's so stressful. I'm so busy. It's I can't believe what's going on in the world, which is just so low level and so unhelpful to you feeling better or you actually contributing to it getting better, which is starts with you feeling better, right? So in the morning in my house, my husband watched the news. I don't, I walk by, I give him a kiss. I take my coffee. I go outside. I'm up to date. I'm not putting my head in the sand, but I'm also not letting it impact my emotional state yeah. because it's useless yeah, and not always accurate. 100%. So why am I going to spin myself out? Yeah. Well, that's right? so getting too. in touch the with like, we'll get with you. That's the other thing I tell people, don't forget what you're going to say next. Cause I hate when people interrupt yeah, you. I'm sorry I did that. No, it's good. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say also the news will get to you. That's what's funny. We don't live in a world anymore where you can't, you're not going to know what's going on. Like that's a hot right. <laughs> Either your friend yeah. is going to text you, you're going to see it on Twitter, you're going to walk by the TV, see it, your kid is going to say, I saw it on TikTok. I, I don't care. You, you, if something is really big in the news, I don't care if you're living in a hut, it's going to get to you. Like, so that's what I think is the funniest thing when people are like, I have to know. I'm like, oh, you will know. Don't work about right. it. You don't have to go looking right, for right. it. It's coming for you. Yes. And what you're really saying when you're saying, I have to know, you're really saying, I need to nurture my anxiety. I need to nourish my worry. I have to feed my overwhelm monster. But you don't really see it that way until you listen to something like this and you're like, what am I doing? Because the choices you make and the behaviors you perpetuate keep you the same. And then you're like, oh, but I want to feel ease and I want to feel peaceful and I want to do all these things. But it's like, well, here's one thing I'll promise you. Whatever you're experiencing in your current reality, how you're showing up is a dead match for it what you're focusing on, the beliefs you hold, the thoughts you think, the language you use, whether or not you complain or you don't complain, the actions you take. It's not, it's not such a mystery, you guys. No. Right? So take responsibility for that because you have all the power. And the tagline of my book is, you are the problem and also the solution. 
Well, that's uh, lucky, right? That's lucky that we're both. Well, exactly. <laughs> if it was just a book called You Are the Problem, I'd be like, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody would buy that book. They'd be very angry, but people were very disturbed. It was a super triggery moment. Like, what do you, what do you mean I'm the problem? Well, like, yeah, you are. Oh you God. are. And it's time to take some responsibility. Come on. Well, that, that leads me into for you because- on this podcast, as you know, and you already said it, I'm encouraging women to be warriors. But what am I really doing, right? What am I saying when I say that? I'm saying that we're all going through things. We have to be resilient. We have to keep going. But I'm also encouraging women to be, leader, to be leaders. And that is something that you really, really believe in, which I love. And, and you really like want them to be leaders in their own life, in their communities. And I want that too. What would you say? Because I think a lot of women are like, oh, I'm not a leader. And I'm like, what? Like, I just almost don't even know what to say to someone like that. What do you say to women who are like, oh, I'm not a leader. I'm just not. Yeah. So I wrote a whole article about this. So I love this. I love it. Here's what I need to say. Um, everything starts with your identity, right? It's really about your self-image, how you see yourself. That creates the lens through which you see the world, which then influences everything else that you do feel and create. Side note. Here's what I have to say to you. You're a leader. You're a leader, okay? Your belief system, your current belief system doesn't support that truth. So you want to resist it and you want to push it down, right? Which also speaks to why you become what you believe and you will never outperform, outsucceed, outearn what your belief system supports, okay? So that's the first thing. But now I'm going to give you the truth about leadership so you can go, oh, I am a leader. Okay. Here it is. Yes. All leadership is self-leadership. All leadership is self-leadership. What does that mean, Tracy? All, leader, all leadership is self-leadership. It starts with you. You are the leader of yourself. You are the leader of your home. You are the leader in your career. You are the leader in your business, whatever it is. The problem with the word leader is that our association with it is patriarchal. It's some dude in a Navy suit with some title and authority. Yes. That's the problem. That's not what it is. Leadership is self-leadership, starting with you, starting with radical responsibility, starting with personal power, which is to me, when, when I hear you say warrior, that's what it means. Yes. It, it means claiming your power and not being afraid to use it. And that all starts with self-leadership. So if you, in fact, didn't see yourself as a leader, it also tells me that you're very limited in your thinking. And that's great news because your thoughts are your choice and you can upgrade that thinking anytime you're ready. Yes. But I love that idea, Tracy, because I do think that's what it is. It's like, well, I'm not, um, you know, I don't have a podcast list. <laughs> I'm not like you. I'm not loud like you. I'm not out there being a warrior, being crazy. I'm like, no, 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 no. That has nothing to do with any of it. And that is exactly right. You're the leader that how you start as a leader is life, right? And making mm -hmm. good choices for yourself and knowing what you like and caring about yourself and caring about your family and be, and leading that way, leading by example yeah. to yourself. Yes, yes. Taking responsibility for your energy, how you show up, your mood, your attitude, how you respond instead of react. Self-leadership is where it all begins. And everyone's a self-leader. Everyone. Your teenagers are self-leaders. Your five-year-old is a self-leader. You have that conversation and now you're giving agency and empowerment. And then people are like, oh, I get to choose? Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. 
That's a really, I, I love that because I have a teen, you know, I have a 14 year old and an 11 year old. I think the 11 year old has got it, by the way. Coco's got it down. I think she's pretty much understands her full leadership. I think my son's like, so when I get my license, you're still going to drive me, right? <laughs> I already told him I'd go to college with him because, you know, he's like, I need a roommate. I'm like, I'm the perfect person. I'll come with you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, Tracy. Um, tell me, what is next for you? Like, what, you're, you have you do so many amazing things. What are you working on, or what are you thinking about? What do you, what's next for you? I'm so excited about this. So, um, I I love my work, and I feel really grateful that I have created some incredible proprietary methods in how I teach mindset and energetics. So, and my core program is called Mind Magic, and it's a personal growth. Um, mindset and energetic mastery program for female leaders and entrepreneurs. And my next big thing is I am turning the next offer into a certification. So I'm taking all of my work. So Mind Magic will always be here for you to come through as a student and client and do this incredible inner work, which is the work that needs to happen for you to do any of the things you want to do in leadership in business and entrepreneurship and wealth because everything's an inside job. But now beautiful healers, coaches, leaders, visionaries will be able to come through, get certified and teach my work, which is just like next level. Awesome. I was just going to say that's a next level moment for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 To really, because when I think about it and my intention is to make truly massive impact in millions, that goes way beyond me. I'm not touching millions, but everyone who learns how to do my work and hold space and teach it the way that I've created it can go out and really impact change in the ideal places where they want to reach people, right? I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So that's the ma- that's like the massive thing I'm actively currently working on. It's a whole different world, IP attorney and and it's a whole it, doing creating a program that's personal growth is different than creating a certification program. It's like huge. Totally. Now tell yeah. me, what are they, if someone's going to do your mind magic program, what are they, what are they going to get out of it? Or what's like, what's the, what's give us the lowdown on it. So just so we know. Yeah. So, uh, well, what you get is it's a year inside the mind magic container and it starts with 10 weeks of epic work, inner work, belief work, thought work, energy work, you transform. And every other week for a year, you come and get live coached by me in an epic group where women are showing up. And I'll tell you, there's magic in there. It is magic. The community, the vulnerability, the transformation that happens when you are being held the way that the mind magic container holds you brings tears to my eyes every other week that I coach and I'm watching these women, you know, and what kind of results are they creating? Everything. They're leaving worry behind and they're finally feeling peace and ease. They're going from checking their numbers every day to trusting that it's already done and 10xing their businesses. They're leaving marriages. They're attracting great relationships. They're pitching themselves where they used to hide. They're creating platforms. They're visible. It's it, it, confidence. It's unwavering self-belief. It's everything we need to create what we want. It's the best thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh, Tracy. I'm so excited about this. Okay. We're going to put that in the show notes, the mind magic. I want to, I'm going to go look into that and check it out myself. Check it out. I, I am going to check it out. Mrs. Make Me yeah, Pause girl. Every Third Word. I've never <laughs> in my life. You, I'm telling you, I want you to listen to every damn podcast. I haven't paused once. I've literally hey, taken I, pauses with you. I'm like, let me just think on this. 
I, I, I really know how significant that is because I'm a talker too, as you could tell. Yes. So I, I really know what a massive compliment and I fully let it in. So thank yeah. you. I'm so glad. Okay. We're into the speed round, which is my favorite time. Ooh, like speed our, round. Yeah, It's like our girlfriend time where we really like, you know, now the, I bring out the wine and we like get excited. Um, oh, yes. Okay. What is your cocktail of choice? Oh, kettle one with lemonade, a little muddled mint and some lime. Wait, wait, wait. Kettle one with lemonade? Okay. Let me just talk to you about this. Okay. I really need to understand. Okay. I'm not a big drinker. Like I don't enjoy the taste of liquor. And even like growing up, I was like, I don't understand. Like, why is everybody like pounding drinks to get drunk? Aren't you full at what point? You're not even thirsty. What are you doing? Like, I just never got it. I never got the whole drinking thing, but I do enjoy a nice little buzz. So the lemonade is just so tart that you don't taste the vodka at all. And it just is so refreshing. So it's any vodka of your choice, lemonade, and then something about the muddled mint and lime almost brings a mojito flair to it. Yes, yes. But it's vodka and not rum. And it's just delightful. I'm telling you, my favorite drink at the Hotel Bel Air is something called a Peponi's Revenge, which is with tequila. But of course, I changed it to vodka. Same kind of concept. It is the vodka with the muddled mint, the lime. It's kind of like a mojito, but it's vodka. So I'm I'm so down yes. with this. I'm going to try this drink. I like this. Um, yes. Okay, mantra. I'm sure you have 20 of these. Mantra or quote that you live by? Oh my God, I have so many. I, okay, first of all, I got 50. I got 50 mantras just from talking to you. So I don't even know like, what I'm- I'm going to do two. Fine. I'm going to drill it down to two. One, everything is temporary. I like that one. Two, everything I touch turns to gold. I love that one. That works every time. I love that one. I made my girlfriend, she's doing this incredible documentary. I'm, I can't even say the name of it, but I wish I could. Um, and because it'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you off camera. And then, and it, she, I made her write a thing on her computer that says, I have a gold brick because she'll be working on it. And she's like, I don't know. I got to call this. But I said, I'm not really sure if you understand what you have here. You have the gold brick. You have everything. I don't care what these other people, who they think they are, these fancy people, and who's in charge of whatever documentary producing, blah. You have the gold brick. So she keeps it on a little post as I have a gold brick. So if she's ever on these calls and she's feeling like, you know, she doesn't know what she's pitching and she's scared, she has her gold brick so she knows. So yes, everything I touch turned to gold. I love that. I'm going to make her write that down too. Yes, please. Uh, Patty, that's for you. Um, okay. Mantra. Oh, we did that. We did that. Uh, oh, tell us one thing you do every day that sets you up for success. Drink coffee and stare into nothingness. Oh, little, little meditative. Yeah. Like, and I am a meditator, uh, never the same like type. I don't just believe in one type, but really what's the consistent thing I do without fail before I touch my phone, I take my coffee cup. Like I said before, I kiss my husband on the head because he's always sitting in the same spot in the living room watching the news. And I just go out the back slider and I sit down and I drink my coffee and I stare out in, in true nothingness. There's such beauty and connection to self and relationship with self when you're just sitting there. And sometimes I literally just stare you know, the kind of stare where you're like, was I even thinking? Like, I don't even know what I'm just staring. Yes, yes. Um, and because I'm freshly awake, it's easy because I'm not really fully awake yet. Um, and other times I'll sit long enough that I then just like start to visualize the day or visualize my vision. And I just sit in nothingness. 
That sounds lovely. And I know a lot of busy women are like, I need to sit in the nothingness. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to sit in the nothingness. Um, What makes you feel unstoppable? Every single time I watch one of my magnificent students have a breakthrough, it's like the first time. And I see it multiple times a day. I am watching in the groups. I'm getting emails. And it's like the first time every time. And I cry (laughs) because like I change lives for a living. And that's insane. You know, I have three daughters and the question they asked me when, well, when they used to come home from school, now they're at, at home. Hey mom, how many lives changed today? <laughs> you know, like that's, so it's just, yeah, it's the work. It's the service. I love it. I love that so much. What are you most proud of? I don't, you almost could answer that last question with this, this thing right at, but what are you most proud of? Ah. <sighs> uh what I've created out of nothing because everything that I am sitting in has been, and every entrepreneur for that matter, right? We create things out of nothing. Uh, and that no matter how loud my fear has been at times, I've always been more powerful than it. Mm. And you can too. You are too, actually. It's not like we're special. Like no, everyone has the same wiring. You've just, we're never taught how to use it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What is exciting you the most right now? Okay. Uh, Right now, the actual answer is right before we got on, my general contractor came (laughs) and he put up, we could even put the picture in the show notes because it's that exciting. So, and now when you guys picture me drinking my coffee, staring into nothingness, I will be doing it sitting on this massive twin size outdoor porch swing couch bed. So literally before we got on, he had just finished hanging it and I am so jazzed. That is what I'm excited about right now. I am going to, I'm going to start and end my day sitting on that porch swing, looking at the lake, being overwhelmed with gratitude and blessings every day. Oh my gosh. That is, first of all, that is a great thing to be excited about because you basically now have your like spot. You've taken your spot. And next level that you leveled up your spot where you're going to do yes. your, your, your mind work. So this is amazing. Yes. Oh, and on it has my, everything is temporary pillow, throw pillow. Uh, uh. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much. I could literally talk to you for another 47 hours and it would not be enough. Thank it would you. not. I would never, I can never be done with you, Tracy Lit. Thank you. That's I Let's make a deal then. We'll never be done. Sounds we'll great never be done. <laughs> I, I want you to come back. I've never even asked someone that before ever on the podcast. In all my 40-something, you're going to be the 50th-something episode. I've never asked anyone on the spot. <laughs> you're coming back. You're coming back. Yes. Because I just you. think you're a wealth of information that uh, warrior women really, really need. So thank you so much so much for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is my honor and pleasure and privilege. Uh, I'm just so grateful. So yes, yes, we will come back and we can even take some questions and do whatever we can do to be of most service. I'm so excited. I love that. Okay, Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today, everyone. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye, everybody.